0: Hello people, good morning, namaskara, I am Rashid Kapan. welcoming you back to DH Radio. The hyper-local delivery segment of logistics, which include even the last mile 10-minute delivery, is switching to electric two-wheelers and three-wheelers in a big way. To understand the dynamics of this growing trend, we have with us today, Zingo EV Mobility's founder and CEO, Pratik Rao. Listen in.
1: As we know that a lot of noise is going on into the whole EV ecosystem and there are a lot of talks and discussions going on into this space. So preferably, you know, the whole industry is well aware that, you know, uh, the whole ecosystem has to be built across. So right now, typically, if you talk about EVs, two-wheelers and three-wheelers market has really picked up, you know, with the EV segment. And now we are even expecting some in the four-wheeler sector also. And logistics is typically playing a very important role because, you know, nowadays if you see uh, hyper-local delivery, last-mile deliveries, and all these concepts are really in too much of a demand at the moment. So typically, you know, all these companies, especially the e-commerce sector, the quick commerce sector, you know, which includes the 10-minute grocery deliveries, the whole e-grocery division that has newly enhanced, they are typically switching to EVs for the last-mile mobility of their services. And uh, that is why I think the whole EV ecosystem is basically in a nascent stage right now, but it is evolving as and when we are talking about it.
0: Now, how big is this market right now?
1: So, currently, sir, if you talk about in 2000, uh, you know, this is going to be a $5 billion market by 2024. It is currently almost a $2 billion market and it is expected to grow almost 3x from here. And if you see the hyper-local shipment volume, So currently, the hyperlocal shipment volumes are close to 3.1 billion, okay? And they are expected to grow 6x from here. So we can expect that, you know, in the next three years, we see that almost, you know, out of the 3.1 billion, if 1.1 billion are hyperlocal and rest is e-commerce and e-tailing, so the hyperlocal shipment itself is going to become almost 6.6 billion on an annual basis. And a similar kind of an expansion is expected into the 3PL industry as well, where more and more companies, more and more D2C brands are switching to 3PL logistic players like Bingo and other companies, you know, to do their hyper-local and last-mile deliveries.
0: We talk about fleet management is playing a crucial role, you say, in express grocery delivery service. Now, when we talk about concepts like 10-minute delivery, how is this making a difference?
1: Absolutely, sir. So 10-minute grocery deliveries, you know, which we call the recently induced the quick commerce market, which has been uh, started by brands like Zepto, Blinkit, and other companies are also coming up like Big Basket has started BB now. So fleet management is extremely crucial and important. Because initially, also, you must have heard that there was a lot of conjugation onto this, that whether it is safe for the delivery riders or not, or, you know, how it is possible to deliver stuff into 10 minutes. So, basically, all these companies that they have really mapped out a city into multiple, you know, pin codes and dark store concepts. So, these are, uh, you know, they have a last mile radius of not more than 1.5 to 2 kilometers. So typically, all the companies, they have a dark store or a small fulfillment center within a 1.5 to 2 kilometer radius. And the fleet management is planned in a way that, you know, when they are working with companies like us, we are trying to build on an ecosystem at a grassroots level, at a granular level. And that is why a driver or a delivery associate is taking one order at a time, which is absolutely convenient for him. The packaging teams are pretty different who are doing the packaging of the order as soon as you receive it on a mobile application. And then the rider just needs to pick up and within that vicinity of one, one and a half kilometers, which he's well acquainted with also, you know, because these drivers have typically been delivering into the same pin code. So they know which address, which locality it is. And then they are quickly delivering it into that household in the next eight to 10 minutes. That is how the system is being managed and tech is playing a very important and crucial role out here because, you know, the enablement to the rider and to the back-end store team is very important of the orders and the SKUs that need to be delivered.
0: Now, this can be achieved even through fossil fuel vehicles, right? But how different is this electrification of this logistics sector? And uh, what do you think is the way forward for the industry?
1: Definitely, it is possible to deliver everything through ICE vehicles. But right now, the whole game is on the sustainability model, sir. So, if you talk about quick commerce, you know, 10-minute grocery deliveries, it is impossible to have a sustainable business model there when a rider is delivering one order at a time. So, he is almost making, if he is delivering 10 to 15 orders a day and he is using uh, an ICE vehicle to do so, he is approximately having a run of 80 to 100 kilometers in a day because this is a two and fro movement he is going to go to one household and then come back another for the next order right so typically the sustainability of the business model draws down when you talk about ice vehicles here because of the high rising crude oil prices So, typically, EVs are a best fit into this segment because, you know, right now, the whole segment is impacting the consumer behavior. More and more people are switching to all these companies which and they're starting ordering grocery and common items for uh, 10-minute or 15-minute or 20-minute deliveries, right? So here, typically, you have to look at on a futuristic perspective that the driver also makes some good amount of money. The whole operation is sustainable in terms of the cost viability and the economics. And of course, you have to keep on the satisfaction levels high by maintaining the deliveries on time. So to do that, EV is the perfect amalgamation into the whole picture. So that is why basically you know, EVs are the perfect fit for this kind of a business model.
0: Now, your company, Zingo, depend a lot on technology. You have a MIS app and IoT control and GPS-driven fleet. So, what kind of work went into this integration of this technology in your fleet?
1: It was an extensive research and a lot of efforts were put in because, see, technology is the key uh, today to you know understand the economics of the whole business and make it viable typically you know i'll just give you a brief heads up that you know prior to this i was associated to the logistics sector for more than 10 years and you know the family businesses that i was involved in the family has been in, into the logistics sector for more than 35 years now so we definitely had some granular level understanding of how to Basically, avoid inefficiencies and pilferages when it comes to fleet uptime, better fleet management, better AMC services, right? That is why we are very confident in saying that even if we are using an EV infrastructure, the chances of catching fire, the chances of basically having a downtime, uh, you know, where the fleet is breaking down on the road is very minimal in our case, especially that is what we typically focus on in Zingo. And on the tech side also, sir, we have basically built in the tech by our uh, ground level experiences. You know, every time whenever we incorporate or evolve our tech, we try to understand the assessment and the need where it is making the life easier for the delivery partner who is basically driving the vehicle and delivering the goods to the consumer and also giving a better satisfactory experience to the end user as well. Because how well-groomed was the driver? What was his behavior towards the end user? Whether he greeted that person or not and uh, whether he gave all the SKUs or not. So to have a monitoring system around all it, it requires a lot of integration. That is why the first level of integration was built across the applications of the clients we work with, like Amazon Fresh, Big Basket, and you know, where we basically give them a heads up that whenever we are onboarding a driver, we are taking an absolute caution by uploading his complete KYC details, giving his complete background verification and police verification. And this kind of an insight towards the delivery partner is very crucial for an Amazon also, for a Zingo also, because that is where we learn to know who are the people who are working along with us and how dependable and make sure the trustworthiness comes into the whole operational side of the business. And second, the angle here is to basically maintain the keep on the efficiencies at the service levels. So all these companies, when it comes to grocery, it is very crucial to have a 98% deliveries on time. Also, you have to keep a slight check onto the ratio that you have to maintain a 1.5 ratios of IBND, which is item billed but not delivered. Because e-grocery is typically very different and that is why Zingo has a competitive advantage in the market. Because e-groceries require assortment of SKUs at the customer's doorstep. There you typically have to basically make a basket of all the items that the customer ordered. Most of them basically driven in English and the rider has to have an ability and skill to understand that order very well. So, all this enablement requires a lot of tech and a prior knowledge and a hands-on logistics exposure by the team and, you know, the overall operational efficiencies, that is how it is maintained.
0: Now, what are the kind of vehicles they're using and, uh, you know, of course, we have this challenge of the battery draining out and uh, how do you address these challenges?
1: Lovely questions. So, typically, you know, it has been a learning experience for us also. So, we have a completely lithium-ion battery-driven fleet entirely. We don't use any other platform like a lead-acid battery or anything else. So there are possibly many chemistries that are going on into the market. We are still not confident that which is the most durable and sustainable one, whether it is the NMC Texel chemistry or the LFP chemistry, because India is a very diverse market with a different terrain and climatic conditions. So every demography has its own challenges, you know. If you talk about something which is more successful in Delhi, doesn't mean it will have a similar kind of an approach in Mumbai or Bangalore. So, typically, our ideology from uh, here is that, you know, we have the largest fleet of electric three-wheelers with us. We started our journey with electric three-wheelers, cargo vehicles, and we typically have the largest number of Piaggio three-wheelers in our fleet. So, basically, uh, the idea is we have the right mix of both swappable as well as fixed battery solution vehicles. So right now, I'm not in a position to say that which is a much better technology, but on the logistics purview of the whole side of the operations, we see that at which client's operational requirement is met out by which kind of a solution that is offered. So like Amazon Fresh, we are one of the largest vendors and we handle 47 to 50 percent of their business across Delhi NCR. But the exclusive thing about this is, sir, that typically an Amazon operations are almost 16 hours a day. So you have to use two drivers with a single set of vehicle. And considering the fact that EVs come with a range anxiety and they have a downtime for charging also, so we're there we typically use a swappable solution because there the downtime is not more than 10 to 15 minutes and it is feasible to have a multiple swaps with the same vehicle in a single day. So, that is where the infra mapping and the strategically placement of all the swap stations comes into play. But in certain conditions, in certain clients, we have to also go for a fixed battery solution where we require a single charge, a high mileage, where in a single run, the vehicle is supposed to run for 75 to 80 kilometers. So, that is how we differentiate on an operation-to-operation basis that which is the right product fit. Currently, we have also started the two-wheeler domain in our fleet where we are only and only going ahead with high-speed vehicles which are properly registered by government RTOs. Because earlier, the two-wheeler market was dominated by a lot of product offerings, which were low-speed. And there, it was a safety concern for us because the drivers that used to be run, the vehicles did not have a registration plate. And you can put on any driver without even a license, maybe 15, 16-year-old boys, you know, who just want to drive and make some money out of it so that was a pretty risk constraint for us that is why we did not opt for a single low-speed vehicle and we started our journey in, into the two-wheeler segment only with high-speed properly registered vehicles two-wheelers
0: going forward how is this industry going to expand and what are these challenges as you mentioned about uh, battery swapping and battery infrastructure how do you think this entire infrastructure is going to come up
1: the expansion is highly expected into the overall industry. Typically, the market is going to be very challenging because right now, the of the R is to establish an infrastructure and ecosystem and understand that what are the real dynamics because on the consumer side also, there are a lot of uncertainty towards the products. Like if today you and me have to opt for a car, the only uncertainties and bottlenecks before us buying something like that is basically to have a complete and clear acumen on the infrastructure side. So, government is basically extensively working very aggressively. Lot of OEMs are also coming up with charging infra solutions. And, you know, there are many strategic companies like us. Strategically, for, for our logistics expansion, we are creating a lot of charging infrastructures. In Delhi NCR, we have 40 pit stops. There are own fleet vehicles, are parked overnight. Daytime, these pit stops are pretty open to the public also. Many people can come down there and, you know, charge their vehicles, two-wheelers, three-wheelers, four-wheelers. So, all this kind of an amalgamation is required right now because the infrastructure push is huge to develop that kind of a quantum. We pledge to go by 25-30% to 30% of our entire fleet supposed to be converted from ICE vehicles to EVs. For that to be a possible dream, the infrastructure is a big play out there. And it is not only going to be solved by the government or the OEMs, it has to be a consolidated approach by all the players who are directly or indirectly associated to the ecosystem.
0: And that's all we have for you today. To keep you updated on all things news and views, head straight to decaneral.com.